0: wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
1: Hello, I'm David Marlson from The Evening Standard. Follow The Leader or hit subscribe and you'll get our news, analysis and commentary every day at 4pm. Give us a rating wherever you get your podcast too. Now, from The Evening Standard in London, this
0: is The Leader. We should exercise extreme caution in the way we celebrate Christmas. Uh, we can celebrate it sensibly, but we have to be extremely cautious in uh, the way we behave.
1: The Prime Minister wants the public to be extremely cautious this Christmas, but the government will not be making the rules any stricter. It's up to you whether or not to have the family round. Meanwhile, coronavirus continues to rise. In London, some boroughs have seen an almost doubling of cases in a week. Our Deputy Political Editor, Nicholas Cecil, here. Nicholas, these figures seem to show a city on the verge of a crisis.
2: Yes, these are the most alarming figures that we've seen so far. So the... 7-day rate of new cases uh, per 100,000 has now gone above 270 in London and you're seeing some very big spikes for for example in Richmond the cases went up by 95.2% in a week uh, in Enfield 89.5 Lewisham 82.8 Hammersmith and Fulham 81.8 and Southwark 76.9. These are all areas outside of the northeast part of the city, which is the hardest hit area. And there, if you look at the seven date rates there, they are really ex- extremely concerning. For example, Havering, it's gone above 544 cases per 100,000, Redbridge 443. Parking Dagenham 441 and and Waltham Forest 409.
1: And yet the government still won't back down on allowing these Christmas bubbles for five days from the 23rd.
2: Yes, well, the the government is in a a major problem here because they've, they've told the nation that you can, for five days, you can mix with three households. That was all announced long before the cases got so bad, particularly in the capital. Now, lots of scientists would say, the government should have seen this coming but the government is very reluctant to change the law on this but they're issuing stricter advice stricter guidance in wales though the first minister mark drakeford he's recently just said that two rather than three households should now mix and it looks like in scotland nicola sturgeon may also be about to tighten the restrictions the the rules may not actually change but she may just issue very strong advice that it shouldn't be three households mixing for five days
1: if other parts of the uk though are going to be changing the rules like wales possibly in scotland doesn't that put more pressure on boris johnson to do the same in england
2: it will certainly put a lot more pressure on the prime minister because so far they had a united strategy on this um And he was insisted in the commons at lunchtime that that remained. But it does seem to be falling apart that. And if you look in the capital already, not only are cases starting to rise, but also the number of COVID patients being administered to hospital. The number of coronavirus patients in London hospitals has doubled in a month to reach 2,330 by Monday. And now this morning we had the first trust. The Barking, Havering and Redbridge Trust, which runs Queen Mary's and King's George hospitals, they've started to cancel operations due to Covid pressures.
1: And what we've also seen, Nick, is some ministers may be at least a little bit hesitant about giving full support to the idea of Christmas bubbles. Robert Jenrick was talking this morning about perhaps people should consider Easter to be the new Christmas.
2: Yes, but so the the government are trying to encourage people really not to have large scale gatherings with lots of people over many days. As these cases rise, they're trying to urge people to, to do the, the the minimum rather than the maximum of social mixing, which is allowed under these rules. Especially if people have got elderly relatives or, or vulnerable members of the family, that they're really telling people to think very hard before going for a, a meal indoors, having a traditional Christmas, which could end up very very sad consequences
1: with full coverage of the story in the newspaper and at standard.co.uk now nothing good is born from lies and
0: greatness is not what you think
1: the wonder woman 1984 reviews are in and the evening standards called it a kick-ass sequel with particular praise for Calcadot in the lead role. The movie is being released in cinemas. Of course, in London, that makes no difference anyway because they're all closed. In the States, it's being released for streaming on the same day as it hits theatres. Could it do just enough to end a miserable year for the movie industry on a high? Our critic Charlotte O'Sullivan's here. First of all, the most important question, Charlotte, is it any good?
3: Yes, it's totally worth the wait. I love the first one. I guess if you didn't like the first one, you're probably thinking what's all the fuss about? But there's something about the aesthetic that Patty Jenkins has created. It's this sort of very knowing, cheesy sort of vibe that the films have. So the the, the sequel is a little bit more sophisticated. So in that sense, I wonder if some people who like the first one will sort of think uh, it's got a bit too grown up, but there are all the elements that you did like, you know, Gal Gadot is absolutely brilliant. Um, she's a proper actress. Someone like Angelina Jolie is a great actress, but when she was in stuff like um, Tomb Raider, she was like a robot. It was like she sort of didn't think that a good performance was called for. And Gal Gadot absolutely takes the character seriously. It is a superhero movie, but I think it's actually a superhero movie for people who maybe don't, or, usually like superhero movies.
1: So all the reviews, including your one in the Evening Standard, where you gave it four stars, Charlotte, because you're mean, have all been very positive. This would have been a huge hit, wouldn't it, if we were in a normal circumstance and people could go to the cinema, which they can in other parts of the UK, but not in London.
3: That's right. And I think it's something like 60% of England is in tier three. So that's most of us cannot see it. So it's incredibly tantalising to know that there are cinemas quite near, that there are cinemas in Bath that will be showing this film and people can just swan along and see it and have an amazing time and feel good about the world. And we can't. And um, just to say, I would have given this five stars if the ending had just had a tiny bit more oomph and part of, I think maybe the reason I came out a bit flat is we didn't get, the critics didn't get a post credit sequence because they don't basically trust us not to tell everyone about it. So everyone who's seeing it now will see the post credit sequence. So I think if there'd been a good one, honestly, that's the only reason I, I withheld that fifth star. Um, and also it's a very long film, so I may have been getting hungry.
1: The movie in the States is going to be streamed on HBO Max on the day of release as well as going into cinemas. Uh, there's some issue over how it's going to be done in the UK and whether it's going to be streamed or not. But even if it is, is it the kind of movie that's worth the cinematic experience? Do you need to see it on a huge screen or can it work on your own TV?
3: Um, I'm not a purist about this. I think a good film works anywhere, I, I, you know, on an aeroplane. A great film on an aeroplane can give you such a high. But I personally would, I'm so happy I saw it in IMAX. Uh, It's just heaven. There's so many details. Um, There's an opening sequence where you see Diana as a young girl competing in a tournament. It's just, your heart is just racing. It's just the most perfect spectacle. On TV, I think you'd lose a bit of that.
1: And I don't know if you heard Tom Cruise going off on one of the crew of, for Mission Impossible for breaking COVID restrictions and he's shouting at them because of the pressures of making a movie during a, a pandemic and telling them all they have to live up to their responsibilities for everybody who wants to see cinemas and everybody who wants to work in, in cinema. Could Wonder Woman be a big enough hit to give the industry a kick right at the end of 2020. Could Wonder Woman save cinema?
3: Oh, I want her to be able to save it. If conditions were slightly different, it would be huge, but I don't see how globally it can make the money back. There's so few countries that have got on top of COVID, so it's not just like we screwed up. you know. And yes, okay, so in terms of streaming, it may make, it may make its money back, but I think because Warners just didn't really have anything set up. Disney just had it so well organized with Disney Plus. And I think with Mulan, it was all quite smooth. I'm not sure Warner's quite got the machinery ready because I think people do want to see it in the cinema. So they may think, well, the vaccine's coming. Maybe it will all be fine soon. And then there's such a glut of other movies coming in 2021 that it may be people get distracted from Wonder Woman and then go off and see the other superhero movies that are in the pipeline.
1: You can read Charlotte's review in the paper and online at standard.co.uk. And that's the leader. This podcast is back tomorrow.
0: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium